Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. Depending on where you are, uh, things are getting drier out there. The drought map uh, here in the state of Illinois has uh, more and more area under what's called a moderate drought now. The uh, Iowa map is actually showing some extreme drought uh, in number of counties out there south. Kind of seeing some of that, uh, depending on where we're at this week. Uh, we started out the week here in the in the Hayworth area. Um, believe it or not, uh, early in the week we actually received our first substantial rain since June, anywhere from uh, six tenths to two inches. So kind of spread out, but uh, we did get some rain out of it. But the fields that we're in in the Hayworth Clinton area, uh, again they're showing the stress of the dry weather. So situation where our our pullback on our tip and shallow kernel is present. Um, we do have some of the light areas where uh, the corn is giving it up. The ears are hanging down, and they did not make it to black layer. So situation, they're going to be a rubbery cob, going to have to grind that corn off, um, and the fill is going to be pretty light. So we're talking about maybe 100,000 kernels per bushel. Did see uh, for the first time something I didn't even see in 2012. In some of the light areas, the beans have given it up. They've actually uh, crooked the top and uh, died. So they're going to go ahead and, and um, ripen those beans are going to be pretty small. And this is just on the gravel knobs and light soils where we got a lot of stress within it. Now the rain that we received is going to be a blessing for the soybeans. Uh, probably too late for most of the corn might help with some of the replant late corn. Um, but it definitely is going to help in the, again, the Hayworth-Clinton area <clears throat> where we're dealing with the drought. Up in the Gibson City area earlier in the week, Again, corn yields actually uh, look better than I expected. Seeing some 180 to 210, 220 on the corn potential up there. Um, again, ear count seems to be the challenge. Soybeans look good, uh, but they're up against the wall as far as moisture. Uh, starting to show a lot of stress. After I left there that evening, uh, them guys up there got five, five and a half inches of rain. So that's going to lock and load them for the season up there. I think it's really going to make a big difference for them on soybeans and probably the later planted corn in that dry area itself. Moved down in the Arthur Sullivan area, saw some pretty good corn down there. Again, in that 190 to 210, 220 range, uh, looking pretty good. Their soybeans, too, are up against it. Uh, kind of, It's going to be interesting to see whether the early beans versus late beans win out as far as they're all trying to get pod fill. And we were to the point of actually seeing some plants wanting to wilt. So that's going to be a challenge on the soybean side. One thing noticeable uh, about the Arthur Sullivan area is a general uptick in rootworm damage compared to what we're used to looking at. So that's something we'll have to keep an eye on. Um, the rootworm damage is quite a bit lower than it was just three years ago. But that's one area where it seems to be noticeably different uh, as we look at it itself. We think about... Uh, down around the Blue Mound area, we went up in an airplane, and, and uh, I was thinking that uh, that area down there actually probably was in better shape. They were getting more rain than we were here at Hayworth. I was surprised from the air uh, how rough some things looked. Now, from the air, of course, you can you can see scorched corn. Uh, the light soils are definitely showing up uh, as far as uh, uh, burning up, and you can see that in the corn. You can see the discoloration in the beans itself. You also get a feel for just how much replant is out there. Uh, tremendous amount of ground that you can see just uh, so many fields that we had to go in and replant. 
then you can see quite a few that we didn't replant and from the air that looks like that might have been a mistake. Uh, there's too much bare ground, too many weeds showing up itself. I was expecting though a little bit better crop. Those guys got dry here at the end and that's starting to take its toll. Um, it's starting to take its toll on that crop there. So from the ground, most of this crop looks better than it does out in the field. From the air, it looks like it does out in the field. We looked at some of those scorched pockets and we went out to them and sure enough the ears are hanging down the corn is giving it up and you're not going to be adding anything there with rain except for stalk rots and things of that nature um, that corn is is pretty well finished the soybeans uh, again if we want to get some size to those beans we need that water there itself now <clears throat> As I look at the crop from the airplane and as I look at the aerial imageries that come in here on a weekly basis and the drone pictures that some of you guys send in as, uh, as well as uh, what, uh, you know, what the guys are collecting here from our plots and stuff, um, the aerial images right now, the NDVI thermal pictures and even your drone pictures, but definitely the NDVI and thermal pictures that you are seeing now for you guys that got that aerial image is going to be exactly how this yield map looks matter of fact it's going to be more precise because you have more um, resolution on those maps so you're seeing what where the yields are going to come from because of how spotty uh, the weather has been this year i think we need to use this imagery that we have and start preparing landlords and farm managers Remember, these are people that a lot of times are seeing this crop only from the road or maybe from their picture window. Or in a lot of cases with landowners, it may be uh, comparing with other landowners at the coffee shop, but not actually going out in the field and seeing the field in detail. And with the yields that we've been giving them the last four years, if this is what they anticipate is coming in the dry area, I think they need to be prepared uh, so we don't have some problems when we're talking about yields in November itself. Again, um, stopping a lot of disappointment because this year there could be fields that are uh, close to or maybe even equal to last year's yields. But just down the road, three, four, five miles, um, could be a situation where we're, we're only missing an inch or two of rain that makes a big difference in the yield itself. So I'm going to recommend that you take these NDVI and thermal images that you got or your drone images, take those pictures to the field and go to those spots that are in trouble. So the stress spots, we're talking about the drowned out spots, the replant spots, the scorched spots in the dry area, and do some yield estimates. And just write those numbers on the map as far as what this area is yielding like out in the field. Matter of fact, if you want to take a picture with your iPhone or your iPad while you're out there to show them, what that area looks like when they're out in the field i think this would be a big help but remember in the scorched areas where the ears are hanging down and the and the ears are rubbering that plant is dead you're talking 100 maybe 110,000 kernels per bushel so when you do your kernel count make sure you adjust for that small kernel itself but i would do this i've prepared these maps and then i would take them to your landlord farm manager so they can be pre-prepared for what's ahead uh, out there itself and, and it may not be what they were looking for, but I think it's a lot easier to show it to them now. They have the opportunity then to go out there and check it themselves if, if they didn't realize that it was taking place. But it's a lot easier now to show it to them than try to explain why your field is 60 bushel less 
than one of their friends' farmers' fields uh, down the road, not realizing what one inch of rain could do, that type of thing. Um, so when everybody has poor yields, such as in 2012, it's pretty easy to explain why your field is off the, off the mark. But when your field sits in there uh, off the mark compared to others that did get the rain, it's, it makes it a tougher situation to explain. They need to understand it. And in some cases, um, like I said, what an inch of rain is worth is pretty impressive from what I'm seeing. Just one of those rain events has changed a lot of pockets out here, even in the dry area itself. For you guys with the drones, fly them if you got them. Uh, situation where if get up there and get these pictures. Again, I would put some yield to these pictures when you deliver them to the farm managers or the landowners uh, in perspective itself. If you don't have aerial imagery taken this summer and you don't have uh, drones to, to go, we can still get you some NDVI photos. So uh, call the office. The guys will set you up for one pass across there on an NDVI photo that could help you out. If you got uh, friends or neighbors with airplanes, grab your camera and maybe go up there and get them yourself. But I think, uh, especially in the stressed areas, this is a tool that we probably should be utilizing and be preparing for things to go a lot smoother later on in November. Trying to explain these in November uh, after the landlord uh, thinks it's been shorted in yield is a lot tougher situation. Another issue I want to address in this boots in the field is mainly to do with the dry areas, but scorching on the corn edges. So we're seeing the outer six to 10 rows with serious drought stress, premature death, ears hanging down, and you notice the outside three rows are somewhat shorter and the height kind of tapers up. And it gets in 6, 10, 12 rows uh, out into the cornfield itself. Most cases, it's going to be the south and west boundaries of a cornfield. Uh, very seldom is it the north and very seldom is it the east side. So mainly the west, south, sometimes the north, very seldom the east boundary itself. The scorch boundaries will usually be next to bean fields or open highway uh, where air current can get in. When cornfields are next to other cornfields or building sites or tree lines, usually you see the scorching stop. First look, it seems obvious that it's herbicide drift coming out of the bean fields uh, because where we don't have beans, we don't have the scorching per se. After studying this phenomenon for the past 10 years, I believe it's actually the ET rates in creating this. So as wind blows across these bean fields, the prevailing winds coming out of the west mainly, but as they blow across these bean fields and the air blows into the neighboring cornfield, those outer rows, uh, that wind, uh, warm wind coming in there, lowers the humidity and definitely raises the, the evapotranspiration rates. So when water usage can climb considerably on those outside rows. Now we know that high ET rates equals high yields if you have the water. If you don't have the water, then of course high ET rates is going to lead to scorching and eventually death of the plant. When we're next to a corn or a building site or windbreak, we stop that breeze and that creates a lower ET rate because we're not pushing warm air into the corn and lowering the humidity, raising the temperature itself. The scorching we see in dry years is the exact opposite that we see in good years. The same outer six to eight rows tend to be highest yielding due to the higher ET rates on years when we have plenty of moisture. 
grower sometime on that first pass around the outside of the field get really pumped because they see some huge yields coming off that outside six or eight rows and get to thinking about how big that field's going to be just to be disappointed after they get the headlands on and get started the yields drop back down. I only bring this up because I can tell from the airplane rides I've taken, the drone imagery, the NDVI imagery photos, that this is going to be in a lot of fields this year, especially in the dry area. We've already dealt with enough drift issues, and when people see yield maps this fall where the outer size, outside six or eight rows on those south and west boundaries are half in yield, they're going to think they got drifted on, uh, but I don't think that's the case. So you guys in the dry area, when you're looking at your aerial imagery and you're looking at your um, uh, drone imagery and stuff, look at the borders of the neighboring fields to you, especially those that are bordering your bean fields on the north and the east. Uh, because you may be, uh, be getting a call later this year about potential drift problems, and I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, I don't know how we educate the neighbor on this concept, but you as crop tech customers hopefully are educated on it and kind of get a feel for where it's at and, and understand it. we got enough drift issues out there right now that we have to deal with. This one, I'm afraid, is probably going to show up as well. Again, it's going to be a bigger problem on the south and west borders of these cornfields uh, that, from what I've seen compared to the north and the east itself. So with that, keep her safe, keep her moving.